Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Reception the Show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you. You are listening to Perception, Perception, the show. Matt, how are you doing on this beautiful uh, Wednesday? I guess when, when people hear this, will be Thursday. But how are you doing on this beautiful Wednesday now? I'm doing great, man. Uh, you know, I've been been doing a lot of work on rookies uh, for the upcoming rookie report for the website. Um, you know, that should, I'm trying to get that thing out a little bit earlier than it was last year. Uh, so I've been been knee deep in, in rookie wide receiver film uh, all day but yeah I, I'm doing good man it's a I feel really uh I feel like I'm in a groove this season maybe more so than ever which is a nice feeling yeah it's interesting you know right because um <laughs> you gave yourself more work to do <laughs> but for the As first time ever yeah I know yeah. first time ever doing in-season charting um, but actually ultimately, I think that's kind of sort of helped your workflow too, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, not that nobody cares about this stuff, but I would say that, uh, while I took on, on the outside, took on a lot more duties at, at Yahoo and took on more stuff with reception perception, I got a lot of like busy work and kind of some, some, some stuff I didn't like doing off of my plate. So it's given me more time to, uh, spend, you know, uh, knee deep in wide receiver film and everything like that. So, which is the stuff I really like. So, you know, we're, right. we're week eight and I'm, I'm not, I won't speak for you, James, but this is probably the first time that like week eight has rolled around and I haven't been like almost kind of starting to feel a little burnt out. I mean, I'm tired and, <laughs> and you know, we're, I'm in, you know, working, yeah. we're, we're working hard and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm having a lot of fun this year, which is great. I don't know for for whatever reason this year, I just feel, I don't know. I just feel more in tuned with everything this year, man. I, I've been like, yeah. I've been nice with some of these calls too, just because I'm so locked in, man. So, right. uh, but anyways, um, let's get to it, man. I, I really wanted to start um, by talking about an RP favorite and, and really he's like a Twitter favorite too. Like DJ Moore, people love DJ Moore, you know, yeah. uh, for, for not being a, well, let's be real. He's not a household name not a household sure. name by any stretch, but he is certainly a 
kind of a football guy's favorite, you know, DJ Moore. He's really had a struggle uh, to start off 2022, but okay, wait a second now. Last week, we saw a little bit of a revival, but I ask you this. Do you believe in it long term or was it a one game blip? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, obviously, we, we bring this up all the time. The bold prediction on the show about uh, DJ Moore, <laughs> you know, going to lead the NFL in receiving yards. So oh, always boy. come back to that one. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he finally got the um, the usage metrics that I, I really wanted out of him this year, you know, that where he runs around on every single snap, which we'd, we'd gotten that. But like in week seven. 47.6% share of the team targets, 51.2% share of the team air yards. All we needed to do was get to the third string quarterback, uh, get to the get get CMC out of town, get Robbie Anderson out of town, and now my bold predictions <laughs> finally looking good, man. I, so, you know, and even then, it's like okay, he had, he had seven oh catches, 69 God. yards, and a touchdown. Like that's actually not what I was looking. I was looking for all that volume to turn into more than that. But yeah, you know, I I I've always liked DJ Moore's game. I think that as you mentioned, some um some fantasy analysts and some Twitter folks are higher on DJ more than I've been, but he's obviously a really good player. And, you know, I did the in-season tracking work on him and, you know, you find out DJ Moore is getting open, man. Of course, DJ Moore is getting open. He's a good player. Right. And, and he was really just in the most dysfunctional environment, but those volume metrics that I mentioned, mm -hmm. um, th th that that's really the key there, because if you're going to be a productive wide receiver, uh, you know, low end two, high end three in fantasy, I think that's kind of, the best we can hope for for DJ Moore in this particular circumstance, you're going to need to just get a ton of volume. And that is what DJ Moore has gotten and was not getting before that because, you know, CMC was there. Robbie Anderson was there. They were also getting like goofballs, like shy Smith, a ton of targets and stuff like that. Um, now we're, we're pretty concentrated down to DJ Moore. And I think that's what we're going to need, but also James, um, I don't know if you got a chance to, to watch a lot of that game. PJ Walker was kind of dealing, bro. Like he was, that was buy it like a country mile the best uh quarterback play carolina has gotten all year long so um that's encouraging i don't know if that's sustainable but you know steve wilkes was certainly like hey we're, we're starting this guy no question about it uh no matter who's healthy sam darnold baker mayfield anybody else uh next week so that's kind of what we need is we need pj walker or somebody to play competently and for dj Moore to just get a ton of volume going forward it was pretty encouraging too right because it was a bad matchup tampa bay secondary is yeah. pretty good you know those those corners there uh for the bucks they've been performing really really well i expected absolutely freaking nothing from dj Moore. I, I start the show by saying oh i've been i've been pretty good with some of my calls uh, the one of the calls that i got just <laughs> dead wrong in the matchups column was like, dude, don't put on the, the clown makeup and start DJ Moore again. <laughs> and right, sure yeah. enough, seven catches, 69 yards and a touchdown later, he had himself. Uh, I'm, I mean, clearly his most productive day, it was a season high uh, in terms of receiving yards, season high in terms of receptions, and obviously got the, the, the touchdown as well. Again, in a very, very tough matchup. But I go back to this. Okay, so now week six against L.A., what does he do, right? He sees seven targets, and he gets seven yards. Mm -hmm. So is the truth somewhere in the middle, or is this, you know, seven-catch, 70-yard performance, is this the new normal for DJ? Right, that's kind of the question because, I mean, the, the big stat out of that uh, week six Panthers performance was that P.J. Walker – 
did he even throw a pass beyond the line of scrimmage? He averaged like, <laughs> you know, negative air yards per, per pass play. Right. So, but again, that was still, he wasn't out there the whole game as we know, but Robbie Anderson was a part of that game. Uh, he got his ass thrown out later in the game, but he was <laughs> out there for a, for a bit, you know, Christian Amazing. McCaffrey, obviously out there for a bit. So, um, you know, it's not as if like, Oh, you lose Christian McCaffrey and the offense is suddenly better or something like that. But it is um it is a situation where the volume constricts. I mean, he had had an eleven target game against the Arizona Cardinals earlier in the season, DJ Moore, but um you know still not not like the, the vol that that's the only other time he's had any sort of volume total like that. I mean, he is he had a couple of games uh at thirty point six percent of the team targets. That was that Cardinals game. You know, thirty three point three percent of the tar the targets. That was um that was the. <laughs> That was the the Rams game that was the pathetic uh, showing there, but he hasn't had a volume air yard totals uh, anywhere close to what he's gotten the last two weeks before everybody else was out of the picture. So I think that's just that's going to be the big thing. Is it going to be again? Is it going to be pretty every single week? Hell no, man. We know that. Like this offense is still going to be bad, but um, it'll be better than it has been for DJ Moore if if the quarterback play can can cooperate and not be the 32nd ranked quarterback play in the NFL like it was with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> hey, man, I wanted to bring this up, too, because you've harped on this quite a bit and you've been talking about this for years now. Um, coming into this game, DJ Moore had played about 75% of his snaps out wide and about 25% of his snaps inside. That percentage shifted just a bit, okay? Where we're talking about now 60% of his snaps against the Tampa Bay Bucks came lined up as an outside wide receiver, and then about 40% as an inside wide receiver. Obviously, the coaching change and those kind of things make a little bit of a difference. Look, when you look at the production, Matt, most of it, um, as a matter of fact, almost like 90% of it came while he was lined up outside, but... It's interesting because it almost gives the defense a little something else to think about when he does line up inside. And that part to me seems like, okay, if they continue with that, maybe that is something that's sustainable. And I also think that DJ Moore would be at his best if he was more of like a move around the line of scrimmage, you know, big slot receiver type. Uh, I don't think he's he's fine he's actually taken a lot of steps as a route runner like his first couple of years he was really 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 raw as like a press man coverage beater on the outside you know and again if you're going to play as a true x receiver you're going to have to beat press man coverage especially in high leverage situations and you know he again he's gotten a lot better about that but um he's still not at like quite the elite levels you know in reception perception he's always right. been like right around like 70 percent success rate versus man which is good it's it's good enough but it's not you know, it's not up there like one of the, the best receivers in the NFL, you know, not like a, a Terry McLaurin type, for example, who's you know, right. way, way up there in terms of success rate versus man press. But like, I do think he would be you know, better served to be put in those advantageous situations, like being more of a slot receiver. And, you know, that's that's good to see. Um, that's good to see from this coaching staff. You know, I think I think Steve Wilkes kind of got a raw deal in Arizona. That was one of the oh, Jesus, of course. Yeah, that was one of the worst uh, offenses. Not that he, you know, I mean, obviously some of that is his fault. He was the head coach. It was that bad. And, you know, they hired like Mike McCoy, who's, you know, a dinosaur of all dinosaurs in terms of Good offensive Lord. play calling. So, right. um, yeah, no, there was a lot of problems there, of course. But all that to say uh, that I, I do think that, that maybe they kind of got in the lab bit a little bit and like, let's just 
feature DJ Moore. Let's just get this guy in advantageous situations uh, and try to do because that's one of the my, my biggest complaints about the Matt Rule era, among many, was that they were always kind of like a little too static in their receiver usage and especially having DJ Moore as that just pure X receiver that never moved around pre-snap, I think was not best, like not to his, uh, not using him to the best of his abilities. I mean, you talk about Steve Wilkes <laughs> when he was with Arizona. I, I mean, they drafted a rookie and Josh Rosen, who obviously has not panned out. But I no, mean, come on, he, he got Wilkes got totally hosed on that situation. You know, I mean, they're starting this rookie quarterback who, again, came in with high hopes, but obviously did not pan out. Um, and then Wilkes got let go. You know, it's just, oh, man, what, what, a, what a tough situation it was for Cliff Kingsbury, um, which that that hasn't worked out. That hasn't right out either. Yes, absolutely correct. Um, I wanted to touch on some of DJ Moore's man numbers, which you had talked about success rate versus man. Um, in 2018, DJ Moore, 52.7% success rate versus man. That is real low. Then yeah. it's climbed up uh, nearly 10 points in 2019, up to 61.7% success rate versus man. And then last year, it's uh, it's all the way up down to 70.5, which is... Again, that that's kind of that's seventy one ish percentage. That's kind of the threshold, is it not? Yeah, that's um that's where you want to see guys like if they're gonna. It's a solid area, but um yeah. again, I think he's his best stuff comes when he's out in the open field. And this this current Panthers coaching staff, obviously they, they fired Matt Rule, but like they right. never really set him up to be in those situations where um those last couple of years. You know, I think I think this kind of gets forgotten that when DJ Moore got drafted and like I kind of had a feeling that the and I was really excited about the pick obviously because I have a complicated relationship with the Carolina Panthers and I, I always was a fan of DJ Moore as a prospect but like you know that Norv Turner the offensive coordinator at the time and obviously then it became Scott Turner and then mm -hmm. you know, before the whole team gets pushed out for the Matt Rule guys they loved DJ Moore and they like were obsessed with his you know there are there are like pictures of Norv Turner looking at DJ Moore at his pro day with like you know, heart, the hard eyes and stuff like that. He just <laughs> loved that guy. And they did a ton while he was still raw as a technician and raw as a router, as the RP data shows, they did a ton to get him in the open field, get him in open space. And this, the, the Matt rule coaching staff has never done that. They're just like, mm -hmm. I think they're kind of, I mean, they just were really bad with player usage where it's just like, this is our number one receiver. Number one receiver goes to the X receiver and that's where he's going to play. It's like, right. I don't think that's actually the best, the best way to use him, but you know, all this stuff, really doesn't matter from a brass tax perspective. The reality now is just like, he's going to get just a ton of volume. And if they're going to move him around and um, use him in creative ways that aren't, isn't just like lining him up. Like he's Michael Thomas at the X receivers position. Yeah. Then you're going to, you're going to see some better numbers from DJ Moore going forward, not just because of the volume, but also because that is the way to use him to the best of his abilities. I think what it does when you slide him inside for at least even a handful of targets, um, I think it increases the margin for error. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's a good um, espe especially for somebody like PJ Walker, where again, you know, like we, we love PJ fine. It's great. Great story and all that. But I don't think anyone's, you know, confusing him for this, you know, elite pocket passer. You know, I, I just think, yeah. <laughs> right. So, so I, it, it feels as if, if you can get DJ more in space and we've talked about this a lot where a guy, if you slide him into the slot is now not having to beat man so much, but more having to beat zone. Right. And his 80 percent success rate or in, in that zone area is pretty good. Um, and again, that that just increases the margin for error. 
for DJ Moore to pick up yards, pick up receptions, and do those type of things. So it is interesting to see the usage. And I'll be I'll be curious to see if they continue to do that in the weeks moving forward. Me too, man. Um, and you know, now they've got Terrace Marshall out there as the number two receiver. And that is I'm again, this isn't I'm fascinated because but Terrace Marshall was so bad as a rookie. Um <laughs> Oh right. boy. Um, second worst success rate versus man coverage number of all time. Uh, second, o- second worst only to the great Justin Hunter. Um, he wow. was also dead last among all the guys uh, charted in success rate versus press. He was just absolutely terrible as a rookie. Um, you know, his prospect profile is kind of weird because he had like good success rate versus man and press numbers, but uh, terrible numbers against zone. Um and his really, he only had like an above average success rate on two routes, like the nine and the slant. I think the flat route too. I'm kind of doing that off the top of my head, but you know, it, was, it wasn't like you look at his route tree and it's like, there's only a few that are green. They're not. And then the rest are red. So very imbalanced player basically. But you know, he played kind of as a big slot receiver at LSU. And then they sort of tried to have him be a big slot receiver last year, you know, and Joe right. Brady was the offensive coordinator there uh, before they fired him mid season. As you mentioned, with with DJ Moore kind of taking a few more slot reps last week, Terrace Marshall only lined up in the slot on 11.6% of his snaps last week as kind of the number two receiver. And I think if Terrace Marshall is going to be a good NFL player, you don't want him out there changing direction, beating zone coverage in the middle of the field as a, as a big slot receiver. I think you want him streaking down the field on nine routes. You want him doing slant routes. I think he's kind of like a Chase Claypool type of player. And, you know, Claypool's ended up being um kind of a big slot receiver, and that, that's sort of kind of sort of kind of better for him. But, um, you know, more of just an athlete than an actual wide receiver. So why not at least try to get him some 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 vertical routes, basically, is the way I feel about it. I mean, I was so excited about Terrace Marshall, you know, coming out of LSU because, again, he played that big slot receiver role at LSU, a, a position at in that LSU offense that was highly productive and that they leaned on quite a bit. I mean, a.k.a. see Justin Jefferson, right? Um, yeah. And and he tested amazingly, right? He, of course, I mean, first yeah. of all, he's, a, he's a James Coe guy for sure. Big, oh, big, fast. Oh, come on, dude. Six, what, he's 6'4". Six, he ran a 4'3", with a, a 39-inch vertical. Of course I'm going to get excited about this yeah. guy. And he's of a contested course. catch guy, too. He's a contested catch Thank guy you. as well. Thank you. Yes, he is. <laughs> oh, checks all the boxes, baby. Yeah. Let's go. I'm not going to be. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I was actually stunned that he was this bad to start his NFL career. Uh, but I think it does bear mentioning, right, that, OK, maybe Matt Rule just wasn't utilizing him in the right way. And also when the coaching staff gets down on you because they were, they just straight out, flat out benched him. Yeah. I mean, that's going to impact your confidence. It's going to impact, you know, what you do out there on the football field as well. So I think that does at least it's worth a mention um, that with new blood, maybe possibly we see new motivation. I don't know. We'll see. And we'll keep a close eye. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your 
time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Reception Reception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. You know, we never really got around to talking about CMC. Going to San Francisco, Matt, uh, the trade kind of happened after we had done all the podcasting that we do during the week. Um, and obviously, it was a big shocker last week. We saw him, you know, in, in a pretty good role there in his first game in San Francisco. But just wanted to get your opinion, get pick your brain on how this might impact the the pass-catching work for for all the guys, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and then George Kittle, who, oh, by the way, George Kittle had his best game last week as well with CMC in the mix. Yeah, I you know, it's kind of hard to take too much away from that first showing um, because, you know, he got like you said, I had done all, all my podcasting, all my work. And then Thursday night during uh, when the Cardinals are beating the crap out of the Saints. Did anybody watch like the last five minutes of that game? Or was everybody just like on Twitter scrolling CMC news? Because that's when that's when that thing broke. Right. Um, <laughs> right. You know, so. Right. It was after everything is over, you know, he gets there like on Friday. So he was never going to play a big, big role. I think we'll obviously learn a lot more in a big division game with the LA Rams this week uh, than we did last week. But you know, the rushing stuff, like forget it. It's all going to go to CMC at some point too. It's kind of crazy that the Shanahan contingent like that, you know, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan have been the best at finding these like random undrafted gems, but like still just blow picks on running backs all the time like and and give up huge like resources to get running backs you know like remember they gave that big free agent contract to Jarek McKinnon they trade all these boatload of draft picks to damn you know get CMC and then of course they always like maybe they're just tired of like spending third trading up in the third fourth round for guys like that cut after one year like Joe Williams or Trey Sermon and TDP is going to be next so they're just like, all right, enough of this. Like, no, like, let's take the temptation away from Kyle. Get all our draft picks out of here and just get a good God. running back. I guess that's probably the move there. But I know people don't care. I know a lot of people don't care about roster construction and and, and those kind of things. But you just you, you, you hit on so many points. Like, think about the assets that they have used on running back, which we know is a depressed asset now in the NFL. You spend yeah. in consecutive years, you spend third round pick. So now we've spent two third round picks looking for a running back. Then you make this trade for CMC that also included what a second and a third. So if you think about some, it, some, some, someone was doing the val- and you know, this stuff's all like, 
I, who knows, but uh, somebody did like the value calculation of all the picks they gave up. And it's like equivalent to the fourth overall pick or something like that. So, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. I, I mean, again, you know, it's not the fourth overall pick. It's like a second, a third, a fourth, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot to give up for sure. And look, I love CMC. I think he's a great player. I've seen him since college. Good Lord. Um, but again, this guy does come in with a pretty long, injury history as well playing for a yeah. team that cannot keep running backs healthy like all yeah, of that I know, seems I know. not like a good idea dude. i know None i know that seems like a good idea. all all this stuff got cut out of the the yahoo podcast because obviously he got traded that day but you know i was joking around with um with my buddy dalton who's a 49ers fan on the and on the preview show that he was on that week and i said like oh they trade for cmc cmc's getting hurt on the plane ride over because it's, <laughs> it's not even just like it's not just running backs, dude. Everybody that plays for Kyle Shanahan gets hurt. Shanahan's going to have him do a deadlift on the freaking private jet over. He's going to get hurt there. So far, that hasn't happened. But, yeah, I, I definitely thought, like, I don't believe in, you know, I think, like, CMC's, but stayed all, he stayed healthy all year long. Like, a lot of the stuff that he's dealt with has been a little bit fluky. But it de- definitely part of me was, like, a little shiver down my spine when I thought about him <laughs> playing for the 49ers, who just everybody gets hurt for that team all the time. So, no, I, I agree know. with you there. But – I think the, the biggest interesting part about CMC will be, you know, the, the passing game stuff, because you know, I was actually reading um, something from from Jordan Rodriguez, who covers the Rams and the Rams, of course, were in on this CM, in on the CMC discussions, at least like right. kick, the, kick the idea around. And she had said that the Rams actually had a, kind of a, a thought in place that we're going to trade for CMC. He's going to be a running back for now. But like in eventually the next couple of years, if we keep him in the building, like we're going to transition him to wide receiver, um, which is interesting. I mean, he obviously is a, if anybody could do it, if anybody could be like a legit slot receiver uh, at the running back position, it probably would be CMC. Um, like in terms of a guy who can run real, I mean, I'm not going to go in and chart CMC's routes for reception perception. I'm not doing any running backs, but like I think he probably <laughs> could, could, right. could play slot receiver. So I thought that was an interesting, um, not just thought that was an interesting uh, idea from the Rams. We'll never know if that was going to happen or not, but yeah, obviously he should be a big part of the passing game for, you know, for the, for the San Francisco 49ers. He only ran a route on 21.2% of the dropbacks, 18.2% targets per route run uh, against the chiefs last week. So again, we haven't seen him fully unleashed, but definitely I thought, you know, Debo Samuel, who has a hamstring injury right now, he's just going to probably be playing real receiver now at this point, you know, Hmm. he's not going to, he's certainly not going to be doing any of that like wide back stuff because I think they'll still try to get, Elijah Mitchell some carries when he gets off of IR. Of course, I, he's hurt. Um, I think they'll keep Jeff Wilson involved until then. And like, I don't think Debo's going to be doing too much rushing stuff. And you know, he's also the guy that hit the areas where he gets designed screens and 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 leak routes and stuff like that. Certainly overlaps the most with where McCaffrey would be used. Uh, so I think they'll do a lot of cool stuff with. Debo is still, I think they'll do a lot of cool stuff with McCaffrey, but I couldn't help but think that, yeah, if somebody's going to lose a little bit of what they do in this offense, it probably would be some of that Debo stuff, which I mean, do you really want to take touches away from Debo? I, I don't know. Yeah. So actually that's the reason why I thought that maybe George Kittle would maybe see a big downshift in production because Kittle, I mean, first of all, he's let it even be not. He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. I love blocking. I love going yeah, downfield and just yeah. tossing guys out the club, right? Like, he loves that part uh, of the tight end game. Um, so I just wonder if they kind of, like, downshift the number of routes that he runs because, again, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this it's all it's all speculative. It's, it's like all trying to figure out 
the the mad genius mind of Kyle Shanahan because you've got a wide receiver who could play running back. You've got a running back who could play wide receiver. Uh, you've got George Kittle who can be a downfield threat. Um, and then meanwhile, you've got this like prototypical, um, you know, X receiver and Brandon Ayuk that they don't utilize that often, right? So uh, how does it all lately, mix in? Yeah, no, it's true. No, no, no. It's definitely yeah, true. Although Jimmy two- G still looks terrible. Yeah, that that is a thing. Like, I mean, like that was another thing with my first kind of reaction where, look, it's good for CMC to go to a team that's actually going to score touchdowns. Okay. We just talked about the Carolina Panthers and like, yep. we're, we're, you know, we're talking about how disastrous of an offense he left. It's a clear win. Cause it's like CMC really, really good. 49ers offense going to be better than the Panthers. That's a win for fantasy. No reason to like tick him down or anything. But the one thing we're always complaining about with the 49ers because Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback is that there will always be meat left on the bone. This is why we got excited about Trey Lance. Why we got excited about Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk and stuff like that. But, and now we're adding another guy to the mix, the target, you know, more, more like we're adding another rack of ribs when we're already leaving meat on the bone, you know? So how much meat can we really eat here? I mean, right. worth giving it a shot, but, you know, it's just it's just a thing to think about. But, yeah, Ayuk has been so good the last two weeks, 11 targets in back-to-back games. You know, we talked about him on a show recently where, you know, his I got to put his in-season charting stuff on the uh, website. I, I slacked on doing it last week after we talked about on the podcast, but the guy's been awesome this year. He's been getting open um, at will. I can't wait to see him against the Rams this week because last time, you know, it doesn't show up at the box score. I know people are sick of me hearing, sick of, sick of me saying that, but you know, he was cooking the Rams last time they played that that secondary. He was just open at all levels of the field, and you know, Jimmy just didn't have. Didn't they didn't need to to do it very much? They didn't need to do, didn't need to do much to beat the Rams last time because their defense destroyed them. But their defense hasn't been as good. Uh, obviously, going against Patrick Holmes, that's gonna that's gonna have that happen to you. But yeah, you know, eleven targets for Brandon. You can back to back games, and I think he's the guy that what what he does well overlaps the least with CMC being added there. So I still feel really good about Ayuk, and you know, he's again he's just been so good. Uh, in all phases, blocking his ass off too, man. I mean, my God, that guy loves – talk about someone who loves to get after it. That guy loves to get after it in the run game. So um, I feel still pretty good about Ayuk, but all these other guys, I'm like, man, yeah, to CMC kind of eat into their workload. And also, by the way, too, Debo has a hamstring injury, and I I, I don't think he's going to play here in week eight, and you know, that could be just more good stuff for Ayuk and all these other guys. What is the mad scientist going to do when he gets in the lab with CMC in the mix? You know, uh, I mean, there's really not that many coaches that would have drawn up the plays that they've drawn up for Debo Samuel too. You know, like how no. many, how many coaches are really going to do what Kyle Shanahan has been able to do with Debo. So that's, I'm just so curious to see how they fully integrate a special player, a special offensive weapon. Forget about what position he plays. It's just a special weapon in CMC and Debo special weapon, George Kittle, when he's on fire, he's unstoppable. You could say the same thing about Brandon. Ayuk when he is just in his bag, forget about it. You can't stop the guy. So they have four guys that you have to account for. And when they're cooking, they can't be stopped. Right. So, and then, and then meanwhile, you got a signal caller in Jimmy G that, yeah, right. Yeah. All <laughs> yak guy. guys too. You know, all, all guys that all those, all uh. four of those dudes can make so many big plays mm-hmm. after the catch, like consistently make the first guy miss all of them. And you know, Debo makes all, all 11 guys on defense miss sometimes. So it will be great to see Jimmy. I mean, he should, 
just get it out. Just get it out to your first read every single time. It should be every fine. time. Don't don't run out of the back of the F and end zone. And I don't want to see. <laughs> right. Let me tell you what, James, what I don't want to see. Right. I don't want to see another football going to Ray Ray McLeod, another football God, going Jesus. to Charlie exactly. Warner. These like, I mean, they have, they have designed big plays for those guys and they don't make those plays. So, um, right. Yeah. I don't need to be seeing, I don't need to be seeing that. Can I issue an apology to Miko Hardman? <laughs> I got what we were talking about sky Moore last week. And I was like, man, get, get me all the way out of here. Like, I don't want to see oh, any yeah. more Miko Hardman snaps. And what does he do? He puts together his best game. He looked incredible. Uh, four receptions for 32 yards and a touchdown. And then he caught another, he had another two carries for 28, another two touchdowns. He had his best game of his career. In the same week when I'm saying that Kansas City needs to get him out of the offense. You know what I mean? So let me just issue an apology to Miko Hardman because, dude, absolutely shoved it down my throat putting together his best game. <laughs> hey, Chiefs receivers have been pretty good the last couple of weeks to the point that it's like, yeah, I don't know how soon they're going to be um, you know, really, really trying to get Sky Moore on the field. Especially Juju has been really good the last two weeks, you know, as a uh, – zone beating receiver which is yeah. what he is in reception perception you know especially against the 49ers a lot of big plays against zone coverage a lot of big plays after the catch and you know they're putting him in a little more position to do that type of stuff but yeah McCole Hardman man he can <laughs> he can do that every now and again because he's fast but yeah he's just not a real he's just not a real receiver I don't think and um Sky Moore is interesting like he got, I started working on him on the with the rookie report yeah. and they're they're like i think they're kind of trying to figure out what they want to do with him because um they lined him up as like an x receiver uh against tampa Bay buccaneers and then against um the raiders he was much more of like a move around the formation pre-snap type so i think they're kind of getting him experience at all of these wide receiver spots um but i don't think anybody has the thing with sky Moore that's tough is i don't think that anybody has played poorly enough to lose especially now after mccall harman scores three touchdowns <laughs> you know there nobody's know. played poorly enough Oops. to like absolutely lose their job to to the right. second round rookie and and these are all this is the thing that kills me is like why is sky more playing and not playing this is a huge concern it's like well they did whether you think they made a mistake or not they paid mvs a boatload of money they paid juju a good bit of money like McCole Hardman's still a second round pick from a few years ago they're going to try to get these guys chances but and so far like you know, MBS is MBS. He's been a ghost, and then he has 100 yards on four targets, and right. Juju has been Jeez. Juju so far. So um, pretty much to be expected, and, and the Chiefs offense is number one in EPA per play. So, Well, we and go. I was going to say, we always go back to this, right? Like, of course, when we're talking about in fantasy and all these other, but like at the end of the day, the, the Kansas City offense still is great. It's yeah. still awesome. Andy Reid has these guys in the right spots, playing the right positions, doing the right things. And Mahomes has been incredible, taking whatever the defense gives him, and then every now and again, forcing a throw downfield. And you know what? It doesn't it's it's fine. Force that throw, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because because he's a it. yeah, because he can do it. He's an absolute wizard and a mastermind, working with an evil genius or a, a good genius or whatever in Andy Reid. And those two genius. guys, yeah, probably. a wholesome genius, man. And it's just, <laughs> I mean, those two guys working together. Oh my God. It's, it's special. Anyways, I just wanted to say my bad, Mr. Nicole Hardman. Okay. Hey, one quick, yeah. one quick story about McCole Hardman too. Yeah. Um, I had to, in a league I'm in with a bunch of, it's a bunch of other, uh, analysts and stuff like that. Um, I had to make a last minute emergency, addition because of injuries off the waiver wire okay. um 
I was like, oh man, I just, I need it. Uh, also I traded in that league. I traded T Higgins for Kenneth Walker. So, um, mm. Yeah, it's feeling good, feeling good going into the week. But I had to make an emergency. Yet I added McCall Hardman and started no, him at didn't. the last minute, but I still lost because I took a zero from a straight zero from James Robinson. Uh, so had I not done that, I ah! fortunately oh, that that uh, that did not worry. I was like, you know what? I don't deserve to win. I don't des- even if McCall Hardman putting up like thirty something points, I don't deserve <laughs> that. So yeah, I was about to be the only fantasy player on planet Earth that was going to benefit from McCall Hardman's three, right. um, three, three touchdown game. But uh, the universe slapped me back and said, no, 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 that's not going to happen. So you're gonna. This is totally this is totally random, and then we got to get out of here because the show's running long. But um, uh, it, I feel like this season, I know scoring is down and fantasy points are are way down from last year, but. This season in particular, I don't remember there being this many high-profile guys to just give you a straight-up, flat-out zero. Like, James Robinson, zero. Romeo Dobbs, zero. Like, Devontae oh, Smith, man. week one, zero. <laughs> there have been so many players where you're like, wait a second, you're you're actually a viable like NFL like starter. You should not be getting... Z- There's more zeros than I ever remember in fantasy football this year. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Dawson Knox, I feel like at one point gave us a zero. <laughs> um, yeah, by, by the way, Romeo Dobbs. Yeesh. I do. Yeesh. I, I, yeah. I don't even know what to think about Romeo Dobbs moving forward, but he, he really has put together like three games that have not been good. Came out, he came out looking great first half, first drive yeah. really against Tampa Bay. I thought he kind of maybe was ready to put the league on notice a little bit, and then nah, he, he, he then just ended up being a late round rookie. Like, like we yeah, saw, he's a day you know. three rookie, and they're over a line right. on him. That is that oh, is a hundred percent for sure. And yeah. my God, Sammy Watkins is back, and Sammy Watkins still looking. A little thick out there. Huh? So, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> All right, there you go. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. All right. Hey, listen, is, I, I just want to know, is Cincinnati just all the way back? Because, man, we were, I mean, we were in our fields about Cincinnati, you know, through the first, you know, four weeks. And then, like, the last couple of weeks, they've looked just incredible. Are they just all the way back? And here's another question for you, Matt. What are they doing differently that all of a sudden this offense just looks like it was from 2021? They're actually doing quite a bit differently. Um, And this is some of the stuff I I wrote about in in Jamar Chase's in-season tracking uh, data and some of uh, the stuff we talked about on the podcast that – you know, they're just having 
Jamar Chase just run go routes, go routes, go routes, go routes against cover two. And that's, it just, it's never, it's never going to work because you're asking Joe Burrow to make some crazy hero throws. But one of the couple of changes they've made the last two weeks, um, and, and I want to give Zach Taylor credit for this. I okay. also wish he would have figured this out in week one, not okay. in week six. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll give him some credit for it. So the last two weeks, Joe Burrow yeah. has taken 87.5% of his dropbacks out of shotgun. Um, yeah. 9.2% under center. Uh, or excuse, under center is, you know, like 12.5%. So um, that's great because then Joe Burrow doesn't have to turn his back to the defense, you know, doing play action that way. And, um, you know, it just makes so much more sense because you have a leaky offensive line. You what's the point of having him drop back? You know, it's similar to what I've said with like the Rams, like they should never have Stafford go under center. They should have him in shotgun every time, because then at that point you can just read the field. Like you can just read the field out. You can pick up matchups, pre-snap, all that type of stuff when you're just sitting back there in shotgun, which is what Joe Burrow's really, really good at doing. He's a good pre-snap quarterback. Um, he's got, you know, a, a great set of weapons. So he should have a favorable matchup every single time. Uh, right. When you're doing it that way and their pass rate over expectation has shot up over the last two weeks, you know, in the first five weeks, they were like 2.2% pass rate over expectation. They've been over 20%, over 21% in each of their wow. last two games. So they're just saying like, okay, our run game's not working. We're going to stop trying to run the ball, which also has been a problem the last two years because uh, their run game is, is almost all under center stuff. And then, so when they go to like play action of the shotgun, you, you are not, you don't believe like that's not buy it. They're not buying it because mm -hmm. you, they're not going to do so that now they've started to run Joe Mixon out of shotgun, which is like, whatever, break down those walls so that you're less predictable. Because even as the Bengals were firing off last year, they were extremely predictable. And here's the last thing I'll say that um, makes this uh, really interesting. La you know, last game against the Falcons and the Falcons defense is bad. Okay. Like, especially mm -hmm. once AJ Terrell gets hurt in that game, um, they're, they're, they're not, they're not equipped to stop guys, uh, like Joe Burrow and Jamar chase and all these other players, you know? Okay. So that's, just, it's not gonna, it's not gonna go well, but they still ran a lot of, um, a lot of those cover two looks, especially early in the game. Uh, and what was, and, and dude, Tyler Boyd has a hundred yards before you can even blink. Of course right. he does, because where do you want to attack a cover two defense? You want to do it kind of up the seams. If yes. you've got the two safeties, the two high stuff over there, uh, you've got the, you know, your, the, those go routes, have them take the safeties to the sideline and just rip Tyler Boyd on those middle of the field routes. And I actually think that's something that, you know, I feel really good about. I bumped Tyler Boyd up the rest of the season rankings. Cause if they're going to change to this style of offense and they're going to attack the middle of the field more, I mean, hell yeah, that's what we're looking for, you know, and you're getting Jamar Chase on more opportunities um, to make big plays after the catch, you know, which is a big part of it. So they've really taken a lot of what was not working in the in the first five weeks and burned it and just debuted kind of a whole different approach the last two weeks. And they really should have been doing this from week one, but I'm giving them credit for doing it now. You, you got to credit the coaching staff, too, because. A lot of times coaches will say, oh, the pass game's not working. So you know what? Let's go into more of a shell. How often have we seen that before, Matt? They, but this time they said, no, what we're going to do, pass game isn't working. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to do more passing. Yep, <laughs> right. Exactly. So I, I love that. I absolutely love that about what the Bengals have done. Um, and I think that shotgun thing that you were talking about, the percentages there, that is to me 
such an interesting number. So that is cool. Um, and I give, I do give the coaching staff huge credit for that. Um, Zach, listen, they could have absolutely gone into a shell and they didn't. So kudos to them. A hundred percent. And, uh, yeah, Joe Burrow, 80.3% of his dropbacks were out of the shotgun or just snap percentage, uh, out of the shotgun in, in week seven. That was the eighth highest among all quarter. Well, I'll say seventh highest because number one was Brock Purdy, but that doesn't count because he got in that game right. really late. Um, yeah. And meanwhile, his pressure rate, Joe Burrow, uh, just 22.2%. That was the eighth lowest among all quarterbacks because he's got that time to sit back there and shotgun, pick up the matchups. He was only blitzed on 4.4% of his dropbacks uh, was Joe Burrow. So that is something to monitor going forward. But um, that's almost even more impressive that they didn't blitz at all and uh that he still is able to find those matchups pre-snap so like yeah you have a you have one of the dudes in joe burrow right like you have a guy put more on his plate that's exactly what this type of offense the last two weeks shotgun heavy a lot of pre-snap reads that's what do do that okay like put more on that guy's shoulder because he can handle it and he has that intense chemistry with a guy like jamar and you just have matchup beaters at all three spots like tyler boyd's not right. a, you know, he's not in the class of Higgins or, or Chase, but he's a really, really good big slot receiver. And even like yeah. Hayden Hurst has been good this year. You know, Hayden Hurst still had like six catches in this game against the Atlanta Falcons. And again, I get it. The Falcons defense sucks. I'm like, you know, <laughs> the Saints were really banged up the week prior. So there's some of that that you have to take into right. account for. But the fact that the approach was different. Right. Structurally, is, it's different. Yes. That's more important than the results to me. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's talk about Pittsburgh here a little bit. And oh my god, I, we have to. I mean, listen. I, I said a couple of weeks ago I wasn't worried about Deontay Johnson. As a matter of fact, I said, hey, listen, the the emergence of uh, of Pickens actually helps Deontay Johnson because the 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 tide lifts all boats, all those kind of things. The offense is in a better spot, um, and and Pickett is still going to target Deontay Johnson heavily, which is what we have seen. Deontay Johnson being heavily targeted, but Matt, there is no question about it. He's being targeted and there's no chemistry whatsoever. Four weeks into this, you know, Kenny Pickett regime now, Deontay Johnson has looked just flat out bad and unproductive 50% catch rate with Pickett at under center. I don't understand what's happening. From a route running perspective, clearly he's getting open. Kenny Pickett can't get him the damn ball. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so since week five, uh, Deontay Johnson is 25% target share of the offense, 30 targets overall, just 15 catches. Um, Brutal. Just totally brutal. Uh, 34.1% of the team air yards. That leads the team, obviously, in that span. Yeah, Deontay Johnson's still getting open. Now, he's made some mistakes. He's a mistake-prone player. We've talked about that. Even as much Mm -hmm. as we like Deontay Johnson, he's going to make some mind-bending mistakes every now and again. But, Mm -hmm. man, I I was just charting George Pickens uh, for the rookie report to talk about at the top, and I went into it just like, I hate hate this offense. I I honestly feel uh, bad about how hard I was on Big Ben, and that takes a lot for me to say (laughs) that, okay? I was I feel bad for how hard I was on Big Ben the last couple of years because I'm not sure all this was his fault. Not that it's the receiver's okay. fault. I mean, 
but it's this offense, Matt Canada's offense might be the worst designed offense in the entire NFL. Wow. Passing game perspective. I mean, it's, it's go routes, it's slants, it's hitches. And that's it, dude. It's like, they don't do anything to take advantage of like middle of the field windows. They don't take uh like inner in the intermediate areas. It's just like little slants and drag routes. And you know, it's weird because they get Deontay Johnson on these like, shallow crossing routes on these screen routes. And I mean, he's fine after the catch. He's fine from a speed perspective, but I mean, they throw to him like he's Debo Samuel. Like he's going to go out there and break like three <laughs> tackles and get you a first down on, on third and short. I mean, the way it's just, it can't just be a big Ben problem because I mean, Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky throwing short of the sticks on third right. down, you know, Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, like, funneling targets in the short area of the field and you know chase claypool said after this week that you know we should get we got to get more go balls like i need more go balls deontay johnson needs more go balls like george pickens needs more go hey joe george pickens run a shit ton of go routes right he's just running down the field down the field getting his steps in getting his getting his cardio in but he's not even getting a ton of looks all the time and you know george pickens i think is really good he's still like a, a rookie receiver that isn't and he, his, his catches are elite, right? Like his, his contested catches right. are elite, but he's not always consistently getting open on those, on those go routes or stuff like that. So I don't know, man, I'm uh, I really hate the way this offense is designed. I don't like uh, almost anything about it. And um, I feel really, I don't feel confident in any Steelers player, like going forward in fantasy that includes George Pickens. That includes Deontay Johnson uh, because, and also like, I don't know, what's our, what's our temperature check on Kenny Pickett so far? Uh, what has he got? Two two touchdowns and seven interceptions, something like that, or seven turnovers. It's uh, it's it's real yeah, that's bad. Not great. <laughs> that's real bad. Um, I was tweeting with uh, Ben Solak after the game, um, because he had he basically said, uh, this is what like Kenny Pickett was sort of billed in the in the draft lead up as like a. I think because he was an older player, you need know, played a lot of college football. Like, oh, he's a really high end processor. You know, he's like a a Kirk right. Cousins type of guy. And right. um, you know, Ben was making the point like that's actually not how he won in college. He actually won with athleticism and like trying to out, you know, like tr- tr- basically tr- tr- trying to win with his tools, right? Like that. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't. He wasn't like a high-end pre-snap processor. He wasn't all that type of stuff. He was actually winning more so with athleticism and stuff like that. Um, and I actually think Pickett is a pretty good athlete. Like he gets kind of he's yeah he gets out on the move and like he gets scrambling a little bit. He certainly brings more you know out of pocket ability than Ben Roethlisberger did last year. You know he's not just a stone pocket statue. But yeah, I, I I would say he's got functional mobility. You yes. know, it, yeah, it's yeah. not like he's like a great athlete, but no, I think pocket presence wise, I think he gets it. I think he feels it. Um, and again, functional mobility wise, I, I think I think that part of his game is actually pretty noticeable. Like, you know, Mitch Trubisky, for example, Matt, like he's a better athlete than Kenny Pickett, but you can't tell me the guy's got functional mobility. Oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? No, yeah, no, no, no. I, I totally agree with you on that. Um you know, and but the, again, the, the to to bring it back to Ben Solak's point was like, you can see he's still trying to win that way in the NFL. You know, like writing checks that his arm just can't cash. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's playing as if he's got all the. He plays like he's got all the tools, but he doesn't have all the tools. I mean that that last interception to Deontay Johnson, you know, in man coverage, it is a really low percentage throw, and like 
he wasn't even close on that. No. Like nothing he didn't there was no way Johnson could make a play on the ball, any of that stuff. Um, you know, it was terrible. And and you know, I I said to Ben after the game, I was like, that's that evaluation that you just posted, that sounds an awful lot like Taylor Heineke. You know, um <laughs> writing you know, writing checks that his arm can't cash, playing like okay. the best the best thing about Taylor Heineke is he he plays like he's Patrick Mahomes, but the worst thing sometimes that he thinks he's Patrick Mahomes. You know, he, get, he like makes those throws. And uh, Ben just sent me back a screenshot of Nate Tice, who works for the Athletic, and he was mm-hmm. his pre-draft comp- comparison was on Kenny Pickett was Taylor Heineke, and I was like, oh no, no, <laughs> no! that's oh, not what you want to no. hear. So, but I I think that oh, you no. know we're so early into Kenny Pickett's career, yeah. you know he he, he missed time in that. In, in his second start there uh, with a concussion against the Buccaneers, you know, Mitch had to come in and win that game. Um, so, you know, it's, we're really early, but I do think like he's got to figure out more how to play within himself. Oh God though. But I mean, then we're just kind of more short timing passes, rhythm, stuff like that. And I think that this offense is already too much in that. And the, you know, the pressure numbers aren't that bad on, on Kenny Pickett over the last couple of weeks. Like he's, you know, in the bottom uh, 15 or, but you know, bottom half of the league in terms of pressures on his drop back since week five. So, uh, but you know, in terms of completions of 10 plus air yards, he's completed uh, or just 10 plus yards in general, 36.4% of his completions have gone for 10 plus uh, yards since week five. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seventh worst, seventh worst. Can I, I'll give you one other stat that is uh, pro picket. Um, and I know we're sitting here saying, oh, you know, he hasn't played that well, which I, I think is true. He, he has not played that well. Um, but uh, according to Next Gen Stats, he, he does have a 2.3% completion rate over expectation, over expectation. Okay. And that 2.3% is actually, it's actually the fourth best in the NFL. Geno Smith leads the way, 8.2% over expectation. Uh, <laughs> surprisingly, Jameis Winston in that conversation, too. It's Derek Carr at 2.4%, and then it's Kenny Pickett. So there's something there to maybe, if you're looking for a little nugget of positivity, um, you know, you could certainly say not all of it is his fault. Um, and maybe you're right. Maybe it's part of the offense, too. Uh, it just can we? I don't want to say can we stop with the wide receiver screens, but can we? Can, no, can we say say it, say it, say it. <laughs> can we stop? Can we with stop the, with the wide enough, receiver screens? Enough already with the wide receiver screens. Also, I and I, um, I, my eyes almost rolled out of the back of my head when um, <laughs> there was this the, the next gen stat on the I think it was next gen stats during the broadcast yeah. like had the on the lower third uh you know. Pittsburgh Steelers lead the NFL in um, wide receiver rushing attempts. It's like, Oh my God. Like none of your dudes are that guy. Like even no. I mean, maybe chase Claypool, but like, again, I like Deontay Johnson, but is De- Deontay Johnson is not Cooper cup. He's not Debo Samuel. He's not like some after the catch monster. Like get him out there running freaking dig routes, like post routes, like use the deep and middle intermediate yeah. of the field. Like those are your money making throws in the NFL. And they don't do, any of that stuff it's, again it's just it's slants it's drags it's shallow crossers and it's go routes and that's it and it's it is just it's a it's a it's a mickey mouse offense and like by the way matt canada 
<laughs> Matt Canada was a college like offensive coordinator who never really hit it big. You know, it's like I think Mike I Tomlin needs to like I have know. a look in the having have a look in the mirror and wonder like what are we doing on offense and like is this really the like I think you should ask the question right now because you're not going anywhere this year. You're gonna you're right. two and five. You know, you Correct. suck. You're not you're not gonna be good this year. Um, yeah, I, I do think because that's like think about how Matt Canada got into the job too. Like they fired Randy. Finkner, I think it was I think it was either mid it might have been a midseason firing actually like and Matt yeah, Canada was the true. quarterback coach they promoted him and then Canada really got to put his fingerprints on the offense last year in his first year as a coordinator and did anybody like watching the Pittsburgh Steelers offense last year uh, I, I don't think so I think that it was I think weird. like it was weird it right because was wasn't it it was like it was a lot of the same stuff and I, and actually when when that happened I just thought oh well that's just Big Ben like commandeering so the too, offense yeah. You know, but I, I, I mean, so too, yeah. now we're away from Big Ben and it's still the same stuff. Like, you know, we're seeing way too many wide receiver screens, all these jet sweeps um, to to again to to wide receivers that are not like jet sweep specialists. You know, hey, man, I hope everyone has a great week. Number eight. Um, I've got a few I got a few bangers coming out this week in terms of skits, man, that I'm really excited to share with people. So if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, that'd be cool. At James Deco. Uh, and you can follow Matt as well. I think we're both trying to build our TikTok base a little bit, aren't we? Yeah, I haven't talked about it publicly because I'm ashamed, but I am on TikTok. Uh, but I'm just posting like. <laughs> I'm just posting these podcasts. Clips of this show. And, yeah, clips of this show and and, and of my Yahoo shows as well. Uh, it, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go out there and be full on TikTok because that's just it's too much for me. But I'm, I'm, I hear you. I am, I am putting some modicum of effort into it. And uh, yeah, we'll see. I'll get, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. All right, there you go. Why don't you guys, why, why, don't you, <laughs> why don't you guys go to the website, receptionperception.com. Check us out there. Uh, become a subscriber, man. Support Matt's work, if you will. All right, so there you go. That's the show for Matt Harmon. I am James Coe. I hope everyone has a great week eight. We'll see you.